Let's go down to the urban homestead, Pasadena by the freeway. Right down there on the urban homestead, Jules and his family are working away. Come on down to the farm in the city, back to the future, back to the plan. Right down there on the urban homestead, loving the life back into the land. Oh, 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 help the garden grow, singing. Oh, 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 we've got to help the garden grow. Welcome to the Urban Homestead Radio. We are your hosts, Anise, Justin, Jordan. Special thanks to our sponsor, Layman's, in Kidron, Ohio. For over 60 years, they have provided practical, non-electrical tools and appliances and home goods. Our family has been a huge fan of theirs since the 1990s and have purchased many quality products for our own homestead. When technology fails, their products will certainly work. So check out their website and online catalog at layman's.com, and that's L-E-H-M-A-N-S.com. We appreciate the support of this podcast. Oh, oh, oh. Help the garden grow, singing. Oh, oh, oh. We've got to help, help the garden grow. Oh, oh, oh. Help the garden grow, singing. Oh, oh, oh. We've got to help the garden grow. Hi, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Today, we're going to talk about edible flowers. Um, before we start, though, I have to just have a little disclaimer that, um, number one, not all flowers are edible, and not all edible flowers are edible simply because uh, they could be sprayed. Pesticide, uh, systemic. Yeah. If you don't grow them yourself and you like, see them on the side of the road, definitely don't eat them Yeah. Um, if you don't know where they're coming from. Yeah. So I having said that, um, we like to talk about edible flowers simply because that's how so- sort of we got started Back in the nineteen oh, nineties, market gardening. Yeah, wise, yeah. How, how, yeah, how our market garden started. Mm-hmm. So, um, how we got started was probably after the front yard uh, in eighty nine. We dad smothered the front lawn um, under mul- newspaper and mulch, and then he planted some veggies and also some edible flowers. Um, and in that flower mix, there were edible flowers, and we started eating them. I think it was nasturtiums. Oh, just some of the candela, candela, marigold stock. Sunflowers, hollyhocks, yeah, hollyhocks were there. Violas, mm-hmm. stuff like that. So we started using, I mean, we started, besides eating the salad, we started eating edible flowers. And then probably a couple months later, a year later, um, we read in a local um, paper that there was a, a review for a tea house that just opened. Every, like, plates were decorated with edible flowers, and, the, you know, the reviewer was, like, Kind of going crazy about it. So and like, I think, oh, people buy that. I think I remember that day. Dad kind of showed it to us, and he was like, "People buy this stuff." We're like, <laughs> we looked out the front yard, like, like, "Hmm, huh? <laughs> okay, maybe they want some of us." So I called. We called them up, um, and I said, "Hey, we're just down the street from you guys. Would you be interested in buying our edible flowers?" And so we brought a sample in, and they did. And so that we started, well, because yeah. it was uh, fresh, and we um, a lot of times the purveyors they ship them all around and they drive them around so they kind of look like crap well, but all would like picked and just driven two blocks down yeah it was basically what made our flowers to this day people like our flowers from the beginning um was they're picked to order mm, and quality and the quality of if you ever tried to 
put nasturtiums in a clamshell and ship them. Uh, by the end of the transit, they will be a ball of a mush. mush. So what we would do is pick, pack, and deliver within the same day. And the quality was, they're like, they were perfect. And yeah. Dad would have OCD on, on the flowers, mm -hmm. make sure they're absolutely gorgeous and perfect. I so. remember we wanted to know what our competition was like because I think we we're like the only one locally selling so I think we did a little bit of R&D and we actually went to the flower mart or the produce mart and we went down there and we said um, we looked at the other um, produce vendors and yeah. who had some edible we, we found those that sold them edible flowers and we wanted to see what theirs looked like I and we were like yeah ah yeah no okay <laughs> so we looked at what, like people buy this and no, we were no like one oh no wonder ours. people were going bonkers over ours so i think one time i delivered some flowers to uh, uh annie's and I, I you know didn't delivering since i was a little kid and brought in some flowers and people just would crowd around just to see it came out of the the cooler mm -hmm. and just think it was Sometimes we people would see them in the box and like, are oh, they fake? And I remember thinking, huh? Mm -hmm. Why, why would I sell you fake, fake flowers? But because they were perfect. And like the baby roses, the lady said, did we paint all the water droplets on it? <laughs> and I remember sitting there going, what? She goes, did you paint all the water droplets? And I'm like, no, these are real. She goes, oh. <laughs> yeah, so then we, so I guess our first edible flowers were mostly pansies, nasturtiums, baby roses, lavender, Those were the, well, those were the big, Marigolds. Those big, were the big, big ones. Big mm -hmm. Oh, and bachelor buttons. Yeah, but they weren't the big. The big ones were the pansies, mail, uh, pansies, nasturtiums, and baby roses, like yeah, the ones we went whole hog into. Yeah, that's right. So not only did we sell them in we call single count, meaning we count, we did them in boxes of fifty counts. So it would be you know fifty count nasturtiums or pansies. We'd also we also developed uh, like a mix box which had a lot of the mix. Uh, like assorted mixed flowers. Uh, yeah, because people didn't, couldn't use or didn't want the Couldn't decide. Yeah, because they're all edible. They wanted a mm -hmm. mixed box. So instead of 50 of one flower, we would do um, 10, 10, and 10, or 12. 10, 10 15 12, of each flower, and more of the small ones, the giant jump ups and vows were a little mm -hmm. smaller. So mm -hmm. if you, and then we charged for flour, put a little herb mix in there, and People just say, and then we got even more specific where people were specifying colors. Yeah, we were glutton for punishment, so we let people <laughs> choose the, color. Yeah. And, and color schemes. I, yeah. The one that drove would drive that nuts is somebody would order 45 flowers. Yeah, it's like there's a box of 50. No, 45. No, 45 flowers. We like sell them in boxes of 50. 50. No, I want 45 flowers. Mm -hmm. Like, okay. So we would literally pack 45, 45 flowers. <laughs> <laughs> Not good business plan, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so we started with the tea shop. Then we're like, well, if this tea shop uses it, maybe other tea shops or other other restaurants did it. And so then we started cold calling or doing some research and finding what was it restaurants, caterers, and tea shops country in the clubs. area and country clubs. So we started doing that, and then we found out they did use it or they were interested in using it. And then we started selling. So probably in the 1990s, from probably 1990, probably 96. Um, we were start, we were in edible flowers. Yeah, we were in edible flowers. Well, also, we, we found out we would call people and we'd say, "Do you buy edible flowers?" And they either said no, or we already have a purveyor. Mm. And we would just go buy anyways and drop off a box because we knew if they had a purveyor, it wasn't as good as ours. And if they were not using them, they may want to use them. Mm. So we we just would drop off a box, I and mean, that's how most of the time we got our clients was just dropping off a sample. And then they get hooked on it. They get hooked to the response of the consumer. Mm -hmm. You know. So what they would 
what the restaurants and caterers and, and the tea shops would do. They would, you know, decorate their plates with it. They decorate oh, banquet tables. Yeah, banquet tables. Buffet tables. Buffet tables. They do desserts. They put them on the salads. Um, so yeah, they they found uses for them. So we had, I think, at one time, twelve to fifteen clients. Like I said, between nineteen ninety and ninety six or seven, um, from Old Town Pasadena and Pasadena to South Pass to San Marino. Yeah, San Marino, Marino, Eagle, Eagle Rock, Sarah Madre, La Cunada. I think that was a pretty. Those were. I know That's we did lock, lock, a couple in La Crescenta one time. Oh, yeah, in La Crescenta. There was a tea yeah. shop in La Crescenta. I know a couple of people called up and they wanted us to deliver to Santa Monica like or something. Mm -hmm. It was a restaurant that was like, well, if you have a worker or employee that's driving but by. But we also shipped them. We had yeah, a we couple had times they were so in um, demand. willing to pay mm -hmm. for overnight shipping and packing and cooler. And I think it was, uh, forget the it's Las Vegas, Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. uh, Wanted baby roses. Wanted baby roses. So we packed it up. We paid for overnight shipping, and you well, love them. Yep. So when we we would deliver the edible flowers to our our clients, we had like I said about about twelve at the time. The purveyors also would say, "Hey, did you guys need your edible flowers?" And of course, the clients that changed no. over to us, they say, "No, we got you know these amazing flowers from this local farm." And so the purveyor companies would want to see who this you know who yeah. this farm was, and they were like, "Wow, those are some amazing well, you flowers." Oh, you, you ran into them. them. They're them like, delivery. "Oh, we heard so about you." Yeah, we were stealing. They're like, "I know." They're like, "Would you want to sell to us?" You know, yeah. wholesale. We're like, "Wow." And the guy, I remember, he the purveyor, he came over to look at the flowers. He's like, "Oh, no wonder." Yeah. You know, he's like, "No wonder they're selling pine for you because." He's like, I've heard about you. <laughs> a couple of times they'd pull up in a big refrigerator truck and buy, I think it was several hundred yeah. flowers, wholesale, mm -hmm. buns and nasturtiums. And yeah, we used to sell to the big guys too. Yeah, yeah, I think we sold to a couple, one purveyor at least. Yeah, one. A couple but times, it was yeah. like a year or two that he mm -hmm. would, not every week, but he would mm -hmm. specialize whenever he needed a special mm -hmm. order. Um, most recently, our newest fad, I think, the newest client fad would be bartenders. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're looking cocktails. at which is like in the last year, mm -hmm. maybe four or five bartenders. Yeah, because us. cocktails is like the latest trend. Of the um, what is that called? Not like the artisanal. Yeah, cocktails. cocktails. Yeah, where they um they mix them. It's not just like your you know your rye whiskey or your vodka. It's you know lavender infused mm -hmm. vodkas. Yeah, so they're doing a lot of cool things with drinks, and so then they, so they, like everybody pushes the the norm or whatever, so they have to find something that somebody else is yeah, doing. And, then, and now it's like said, yeah, and then last year she, um, the bartender lady, she says, "Do you grow splantes?" I was like, "Oh, <laughs> it's, like it's like oh, toothache plant, <laughs> toothache plant. Yeah, we used to grow that." 20 years ago and nobody bought it. She's like, I want it. It's want the it. thing now because they so put she gave it us in. A heads up so, that aka she had Buzzberry. Well, because they like it because see, vodka, I mean, alcohol is not enough for them mm -hmm. now. They want to have a buzz while they drink alcohol. So it's kind of like, it's the hipster trend. Right? Yeah, no. yeah. So, so, we, so back, like I said, in the 90s, we even sold to, um, you know, Rose Bowl Country Club. That was right the down the street from us. Parties. Yeah, we did some Rose Parade parties. But then, like I said, chefs change and things change. Hollywood weddings. Budget. Yeah, budgets changed, and we even did. Um, we even had in the produce section of Wild Oats before Whole Foods bought them out. We would sell edible flowers, so people would go into the the health food store there at Wild Oats, and um, and buy our edible flowers. So we'd bring in little containers of mixed flowers, and and people would buy. It. But then Whole Foods bought out Wild Oats, so then they 
the then chain, the yeah. chain of supply they went to to a, a you know one of those like one distribution distribution houses. house and you couldn't approach no, no, little, a, no little there people. was a mom and pop store up in Lincoln, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember, yeah. Her, yeah. We, yeah she was a local uh, produce Wesley's? store Wesley's. Wesley's yeah and then we got a client from her I think that was when you wrote yeah private yeah. chef yeah, yeah. Private, chef's yeah private chef. Yeah, private chef. She she was well known in the Hollywood crowd. She would always get off flowers and, oh, yeah. and she would do parties, she would do Emmy the parties Oscar and parties, and, parties yeah. and she'd get it specialized. And then by what? Well, how we? Either the chefs would move on or start their own business. So originally, the couple of businesses, the chefs would move on, and mm -hmm. then they take our flowers with them. Yeah. So then we have two clients, yeah. and then <laughs> and then they yeah, would split like, off, and then we have three, three clients, clients yeah. and then. Or I clients. used to work at, at you know this place and now I have my own you know and I want to yeah, get your we, stuff. So. And then we also did herbal bouquets. We've done bouquets and, we've done, bouquets and we've done specialized stuff for like, weddings. I think we even did um, graduation for was it what um, Mayfield? Yeah. yeah, we've done very specialized. We just kind of got into it. And people would ask, and we're like, okay, and <laughs> it, was, it, was it was fun. Really, yeah. I mean, it was fun in a way. It was beautiful and just, yeah. To go to do it. Um, we said organically, and I think one time and we had all and seasonally. I think mm -hmm. one time we had like almost half their beds in the backyard, garden beds in the backyard pansies. were pansies. Yeah, you'd open the back gate and it'd just be like a sea of color. It was pretty fun. I mean, you know, yeah, spectacular. And what 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 our little not peeve or what thing was when we would deliver the flowers, we'd see you know you know hundreds or 500 flowers go out to this client but we sometimes never got to see it put yeah we're like know, send us pictures send us <laughs> photos instagram yeah we always ask for photos because then it looks totally different with how they cameras. they how they arrange and it's mm -hmm. like wow that's our stuff we've that's seen some cool. stuff and it was, it was beautiful yeah. Yeah. I, I can find them on the internet sometimes i, I can find it some yeah. of the photos so so we'd always like to see because we never got to see the end result sometimes so but it was, it, it, it was um we we sold out. We had to turn down people, and mm. even then, it was hard because we didn't seasonal? grow in greenhouses either. Yeah, we didn't do greenhouses, uh, roses. Mm -hmm. Like for instance, I remember Dad. He wanted. He really, really wanted to do baby roses for Valentine's. Mm -hmm. He tried so hard to do baby roses for Valentine's, but here in California, we weren't getting roses for Valentine's, and so we just had to say, well. You know, people wanted certain things. Without a greenhouse, we had to just say we couldn't do it. And then we would just, like, lose. The starship would be going gangbusters, mm -hmm. like, all the way to, like, June, and then dead. Mm -hmm. By <laughs> July 4th, like, it was done. But yeah. That was most of the weddings and graduations and were during that and peak people season. want the flowers in the middle of the summer. It's like, yeah, not happening. No, Sorry. And then what, but then the other, the other pet, dad's pet people, colors. So yeah. then people would drive us nuts because... There's a broad range of pansies and violet mm -hmm. color. Mm -hmm. Nasturtiums are more on the bright side, but pansies and violets can be can very, very exotic. Um, oh yeah, colors. we would do like a USC party, and they wanted yeah. bronze and gold. Yeah, <laughs> UCLA that. party or something <laughs> like that. And it was, it would drive. I mean, if he had it, it was great, but um, it was kind of hit and miss some weeks. But I think our first big order that we were when we just started it, somebody called up it was late at night and they asked for um, 40 boxes which is about 2,000 flowers mm -hmm. and that was our 
Big time. <laughs> big time. Well, we yeah. thought it was big time. That was a lot well, for we us said, at the start. Yeah, that was we, our start. Yeah, it was our start. I mean, one or two boxes of flowers, like 100 flowers. Wow, that's a lot. And yeah. then there's like five boxes, 10 boxes, 20 boxes, and 40 boxes. And then I think one time we got to how, how much we were doing, 10,000 a week? I think it was over, over a weekend. It was like 10,000 flowers. So we're up till midnight sometimes packing flowers for the next morning. Um, yeah, so about so that was like from the years 1990 to probably 1996 or seven. Then we started getting into more herbs and heirloom tomatoes, and so backed off a little. We still had the edible flowers. Well, we so foresaw the we, we foresaw yeah well, we foresaw that well, at least foresaw the 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 economy because see, the economy was good at that time, so people had the excessive money to spend on frivolous stuff, which like edible flowers. Mm -hmm. So, kind of perceiving that there was going to be, and it really, it, it did go item. down around the dot-com bust. Mm -hmm. We lost a lot of clients. We lost a lot of restaurants. People started but cutting back. But we were back. diversifying. We then, saw, so but we fine. knew that, so yeah. we were diversifying by then. But the flower business kind of tanked, not tanked, it tapered off yeah. drastically Peaked, at that time. It definitely now it's building up again, which is strange. It's like, oh, it's coming trying, around it's again. Coming like people are like, hey, those edible flowers, you ever hear I'm like... Yeah, I've yeah, I grew up with that. I'd be flowers everywhere, <laughs> you know. It's like you go to oh. restaurants in the, the restaurant. They're like, and yeah, I went to this restaurant. and I remember sitting in front of this display of all the all the um, pastries, and I'm like texting Nisi photos because I was like, look, all the flowers. They actually have pinwheel mail gold. That's the thing now, <laughs> really. And I'm like, and it was like one of these expensive restaurants, and it was like we have edible flowers. And I was like, wow, it's coming around again. Yeah, we sort of kind of limited ourselves because of the driving, because we didn't want to deliver and spend time. Mm -hmm. So we, it was an artificial limit. We probably could have got more clients if we went farther out. Oh yeah, well, my name was well known. It was yeah, because they asked us to come out. We just said no, we didn't want to do that. Big but. name restaurants wanted us to do it with Santa Monica. Like, that's okay. So yeah, we wanted to keep it local, and we we did. Like I said, we just we did uh, maybe you know the one city away from Pasadena because like LA is pretty. I mean, we're just all clusters. Yeah, it was like, uh, delivery route. Mi miles or, mm -hmm. or minutes, within like so five was, miles. Yeah, we had a delivery route, but um, yeah, we grew up just we grew up in flowers, business, flower business, and we learned business. Yeah, eating from these a young flowers age. and packing them was a whole. Um, how to pack flowers for optimum freshness that's a skill in itself I mean and then you know. like I said at a young age we were dealing we were dealing it was a, like I said market <laughs> it was a home <laughs> what was it 97 I was like 10 and yeah. I was like with the big chefs I'm like hi here here's your delivery and I'm like so, so big there was a yeah. couple guys that said we're, we're who's growing it oh they, they thought we we, well, we, we, we had some immigrants yeah. moving it because well, well, a white girl coming yeah. with the cooler, you know, selling flowers, they're looking at this ten-year-old, and they're like, thinking, probably you can't possibly really? <laughs> be picking and planting those, you know. That, I mean, that's kind of, you know, like they were just like, well, was, and then oh, that? and then for the longest time, one of the our biggest catering companies wanted like Christmas season, they wanted massive amounts of cedar. Oh, I know. Yeah. So we'd scout, actually, we scouted. Um, some wild cedar trees and we just like pick little tips yeah and then we, we diversified then it went to like i said it went to herbs and then went to bouquets and then sort of that one client transferred into a mixed herb box mm -hmm. so even though some years the edible flowers wouldn't um, sell uh, basil or the bunches of mint with the flowers on it mm -hmm. we put it in a herbal yeah. box and then sell that Tasty. yeah so Tasty. i mean for us for Growing up, it was like it, we learned about m growing, marketing, 
you know, like a home, it was a home right. business, cottage Entry. phones, dealing with customers, customers, making sure the bills were paid because mm -hmm. not they would skip receipts or yeah, something so by accident, and we'd have to go and balance the books. But it was really, I mean, it was started from nothing, nothing to and we're still in business. So yeah, we're I mean, still in business. Yeah, and so, like I said, I think our our, our business license is ninety.
damage flowers that were and, and we just pulled the petals mm -hmm. and then packed Dad it. Dad had this thing for it had to be number one, like eight Number one, ones, number twos. And numbers, yeah. yeah. So what we do is Compost. like even though bachelor buttons are edible, it's very hard to eat that. Yeah, that big knot in the back. On the back. So what you do is you hold in one hand, you take the petals, and you pull it out. And we should it's make like, a video of this, yeah, <laughs> I think. People find it, it, it fascinating. It was, it was dynamite because you how say, oh, how do you eat? And, and it was just like... And that way you could eat the whole thing. You well, sprinkle was, in your salad, and it looked like porridge. it looked like party days. You know well, it I mean? was really hard. It's really hard because again, we grew up this way. I'm like blasé about it. I'm like, and then people are fascinated with flowers. So to actually show people, it kind of, uh, you know, I mean, Annie's and I talked about doing edible flower shop, but it was like I have to get into that mindset of what it is like for new people. I'm, you know, I'm not saying that, but it's like. I feel like I'm walking around people like you can eat a flower and they're like wigging completely wigging out. It's so excited. And it's like oh you have never eaten a flower. Oh, right, okay. Well it was fast what was really neat with the confetti and the petal petty was like for calendulas, which calendulas are edible. But they close up. They close up at night sometimes or in the fridge. They close up and they're also very, very it's like thick. That the centaur, the, yeah, they're like the, dense, yeah. very dense. You could However, eat that. I mean, you could eat it. I mean, you could, but yeah, it'd be like you usually pull the off and eat it. So what we do is you hold the hold the stem, hold the bud, and you pull the petals off, mm -hmm. and you throw them in a clamshell, and you have an instant edible flower. It doesn't have. It doesn't matter. Like yeah. oh, what can you eat? It's Don't amazing eat the stem. on top of salads, and I remember going into one of the tea shops that we sold it to. And I'm. We sell them again, as Annie said. We sell them the product, and we rarely see like the other side. And I remember delivering. I remember delivering flowers to this tea shop, and I walked past because you would sometimes have to walk past the tables where the people were eating. Mm -hmm. And I remember looking over, and on an empty glass of lemonade, it was beautiful. It was just the petals were clinging to the inside, mm -hmm. and I was like, "Oh, that's what you're using the petal fetti for." They like a lady. She would float them in the lemonade. Mm -hmm. So as they drank it, it would just like coat the glass and like it was just beautiful. I remember walking through and like oh, and it was kind of fun walking through the restaurant with carrying your cooler and you're like looking around at the tables like that's my that's my flower. I picked that flower. <laughs> you know, it was and people you could just hear them like getting a little squealy. They squeal. They get they squealy. Go. And then in two thousand and four or six, whatever, Annie and I actually started helping out. We knew. We knew this tea shop. We, we knew this tea shop, and uh, the clients were friends of ours. They were friends of ours, so we um, they needed some seasonal help. So we decided to generally get hired on as waitresses, and that was fun because we actually worked at the tea shop. Yeah, that we, we sold, sold the, the flowers, flowers to. So you're serving the clients. And they're like all asking questions about the flowers, and they're all excited. And so you would actually tell them, "Well, oh, I grew that," and that was fun. Yeah. So that, I mean, yeah, that was you fun. know being the waitress, and they, and they would and say, "Oh, are these," and people would say, "Oh, we can eat this," and we'd say, "Yeah, you can eat this," and they and they'd be like, "We really can." Be like, "Yeah, you can." So it was fun to see the, the customer's reaction to that. So Justin unfortunately left us for a bit. His beekeeper friend came over so we're going to continue the conversation without him I guess until he comes well, back. Well I'd like to just but. say a little bit about besides eating the flowers mm -hmm. in fresh mm -hmm. we like to bake with them. Yeah. So tell us some of the things you like lavender, to do. Lavender. I've done lavender shortbread. Um, 
cookies. And lavender is one of those kind of flowers that either people love or they hate eating. It can, to my taste, if it's not done right, it can taste like you're eating soap. Um, but I did these lavender uh, chocolate cookies and we had a, uh, a school kid class where we teach uh, children. It's like the farm to table school. Um, after school program. After school yeah. program. Mm -hmm. And so we made these lavender shortbreads. And the kids just absolutely loved them. It was pretty amazing. Um, one of the And that was like a fun class for the kids because mm -hmm. you could see them. We can eat these and they right. eat the flowers. And of course we had to give them the big disclaimer. Yeah, <laughs> don't, don't go, go eating them off the side of the road. Yeah, so we have to... I think the ones that we bake the most with is like lavender, roses... Yeah, so the rose petal mm -hmm. I did, this year I did a um, white peach rose petal cardamom mm -hmm. um, jam, which was pretty out of this world. And so. at the Hoot Nannies we used to have, I used to do rose petal drinks, mm -hmm. like rose petal lemonade, rose petal watermelon. Mm -hmm. So you make a simple syrup where you extract the essence. So what is a simple syrup? Is simple? I think it's I think uh, it's like one cup. Or two cups of water, two cups of sugar. I think, like I think it's one. two cups of two cups of petals to mm -hmm. one cup of sugar. One cup of sugar. Okay. And with some water, you cover it. I, you know, like again, I kind of, I kind of just do it. <laughs> I don't have a recipe in my head. Um, that was I would do drinks out of the out of the flowers and herbs in the yard, and then you got the flowering herbs that you make, like the basil, the basil flowers you would make. Yeah, speaking of veggie flowers, we had one of our clients said that she went up into Napa Valley. This was back, I said, in the 90s. So, the, you know, the things were new, but, you know, the new stuff were, you know, happening. So people were always trying to look for the new, new, the new next thing or whatever. So she said she went up to Napa and she said, there were these yellow flowers that they threw on and the... And they tasted like mustard. They tasted like mustard. Like mustard, mustard flowers. Like, oh, you mean mustard flowers. We She's have like, those. really? So we did a um, veggie fetti mix, which was... The arugula, radish flower, arugula flower, mustard, mustard flower, and it could have been some other stuff. And that was pretty. That was pretty awesome too, because that was like a oh, more of a savory rocket, rocket arugula. Yeah, rocket that arugula. was pretty amazing. That yeah, and the radish and the mustard, and, it was, and that okay. Talk, talk about time and um, you know intensive picking one little flower. They don't weigh much to fill up a clamshell. That's and then they flowers. can they get a lot of bugs sometimes in there. Yeah, out. so aphids, especially in the summer. So baking, I use them a lot on cakes and um, when I do like, I bake uh, cakes for friends on their birthdays, uh -huh. and part of that is like decorating with flowers, and it always makes it special. Um, for me, I like also to make wines out of the flowers and the three wines I've made out of flowers was rose wine it's really really popular mm -hmm. um, where it has enough sweetness in, in it that it's more of like a, a dessert wine and yet you can actually make it really light and sparkling so you can make it a sparkling rose wine um, Calendula wine mm -hmm. was another one that I made that really really good and surprisingly Nasturtium wine turned out to be awesome. Yeah, yeah, that was it surprising. Had, it was like the pepper taste moved to something that was more of a. Uh, I don't. I couldn't explain it. I would have to think about how to explain it. it was not. I wouldn't say like a vodka, but like a vodka bite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's gone. It's gone. Because it, it takes honestly, <laughs> it takes a whole lot of flowers to make one gallon of wine. It's not like, you know, I can make like, uh, <clears throat> you know, wine out of anything, but the, lav the, the flower wines, uh, they take 
a lot of flowers to make <laughs> a gallery of wine. That's a lot. I don't think. And I, the, yeah, yeah, and I did make a, um, a honeysuckle um, jasmine mm -hmm. jam. Yeah, that was pretty. That, that was, was pretty good. Amazing. But again, oh boy, <laughs> picking every single little flower. And I think it made like three jars. They were good. But I was like, ooh, this is like something I need to get like a kid to pick the flowers for. Yeah, so then, and a couple of years ago, about a couple of years ago, we got approached by a local ice cream, like a ice cream maker, I guess. Oh, actually, we approached them. Or they approached us. Well, we were walking, Annie's and I were walking oh, at, right, a, um, at the a local market. farmer's market, yeah, and we're like, right. see this sort of ice cream, and we're like reading the flavors, and like, love bean ice cream. We're like, we have love bean. So we walked up to the lady, we're like, do you get lemon bean? She was like, "Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to have a hard time sourcing some of this mm -hmm. stuff." She had like these herb ice creams. Mm -hmm. Like, call us. We got them all over the place. Yeah. So <laughs> then she finally got a. I think it was a couple of months because she finally got a location. Yeah. And then she called us and said, "Yeah, that lemon bean you were talking about." Then that's right. She approached us and said, "Hey, can you guys, can you do rose petals?" And we said, "Yeah, sure." Um, we only had a couple rose bushes at the time, but if you want more, we can grow more. And so she's like, "Yeah, I like to, you know, use your roses because you know, non-sprayed roses um, well, are hard also, to find." One thing that has to be pointed out is not all roses are the same, because some people, um, well, but go to like a nursery and buy a rose, and they it's edible, but when you bake with it or you cook with it, it'll make it, there's no essence in the mm -hmm. rose. The hybridized roses are bred for certain characteristics, mostly related to color mm -hmm. or looks. And so you need to find the old tea roses. That, that We had this rose that's been in the front yard, oh, from, uh, since before, I mean, before Dad bought the house. I'm, I'm assuming so it's probably So this house was built old. in 1917, and the gentleman that when we moved here, he said he watched our house being built, and his house was built in 1896. I think he said that rose like 100 years So he old. said, oh yeah, those roses, my wife planted them, and those ones are like 100 years old. And so. the, there was a red rose, it just, the smell was insane, and that's the one we would use. And so we find, we find the antique roses, um, red is popular because when you cook with it, it retains the redness in mm -hmm. it. Some of the more paler ones don't, like if you do a white rose, it kind of gets translucent. Mm -hmm. um, Actually, they get turns us in. Sometimes they get yeah, that it's like get brown, that yucky brown. Yeah, brown. It's really so you have to get the old tea roses. If they don't have a smell, they don't have a taste. Yeah. And so often I, I do hear from people like, oh, I just picked you know when I do the wine making class, mm -hmm. I'm like, well, I picked my roses out and they don't taste like anything. It's like yeah, it's it's because they need to be the antique roses where they actually have a taste. Yeah. And so that's why we could sell it to the restaurants. We could sell it to the, the ice cream makers. They have a taste. You can't just sell any, yeah. any rose. So one of the things, like I said, Justin left us <laughs> because his beekeeper friend the beekeeper came over. <laughs> yeah, his beekeeper friend came over. He's like, oh, got to go. Uh, didn't expect him to stop by. So I'm going to look over his notes and then see mine. But um, some of the easiest, I think edible flowers are, you know, attract us because number one, they're easy to grow. Number two, they're beautiful. They make, you know, your yard beautiful. They're edible and they are beneficial in that they attract the bees and the butterflies and, the and stuff like that. So not only bugs love them. exactly. So not only are they edible and beautiful, they're beneficial. So they're and in some are even like you said, we didn't even get to some are even medicinal. Like calendula, yeah, I'm not even getting into yeah, that. I know calendula can trans goes into the medicinal side. So even barrage and lavender and even nasturtiums can go into the medicinal so, side. Yeah, so. we have this list of edible flowers. Um, bachelor buns, calendula, 
Um, these ones come up in our yard on a regular basis. Yeah, they should be self-sew. They self-sew. We mm -hmm. actually buy flats of pansies. We do buy flats of pansies because um, seeding pansies, they don't really self-sew very well. And growing pansies from seed is kind of not worth it. Mm -hmm. So we buy flats of pansy. But the nasturtiums, we don't even plant those things. They, they show up all over the yard at the right time. They're everywhere. We let them grow where they want to grow. Yeah, we don't, even base, we don't, we don't plant them. them. Mm -hmm. So our big, when, we do, when we get the big crops and nasturtiums, they're just growing on their own. Once you have a bunch, they just self-sow. So nasturtiums is like one of the easiest. People, a friend of mine bought a house recently and she's like, I want edible flowers. What's the best thing to do with nasturtiums? Once you have nasturtiums, you're really going to have nasturtiums at the, trailing the end kind. of time. We, yeah. we have the trailing kind. So there's two kinds of nasturtiums. There's the bush and the trailing kind. And we like the trailing kind because we let them trail um, up a fence. Um, so we get those a lot. Um, and then, like I said, nasturtium not only flowers edible, but like I said, you can talk about the leaves and the, and the capers, and, and the, which is aka the seeds. And I think a lot of also um, what we, we, we like about edible flowers, because I think if anybody knows, and I think we've mentioned this before, but um, flowers are in our blood um, back in um, when our great-great-grandfather was in Belgium, we had a Dervais nursery. And so at that, we had a nursery with... Um, growing flowers and we even bred Breeding. roses Breeding. so hey Justin's back <laughs> so what did the bee guy want <laughs> uh, his turn signals weren't working so uh, oh. Oh, oh so it was a bee guy who needed mechanical okay, okay. So, so his turn signals weren't working just so ask Justin place the fuses and see if it works okay so there's always something going on here at the homestead people stopping by we can we try to get a podcast in without interruptions but Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. So we're talking about how, why, um, like we the, we have a green thumb or just a, a, a love affair with flowers, and I think it's because of our heritage. Um, the Derby's there are some there are some flowers, uh, roses, some trees and stuff that actually have the Derby's name in the Latin in the Latin description or whatever. Yeah, supposedly yeah. still getting royalties on some. Supposedly, somebody. I'm not sure who was getting them. <laughs> no, not us, but somebody in, <laughs> somebody in Belgium, but. Um, Jordy um, started collecting the Dervais nursery catalogs. I think the oldest one you have is 1911. Yeah, 1911. And so it's it's all in Flemish, of course, so right. we have to have some. You can find them on eBay every once in a while because uh, in Belgium, they were actually, I corresponded with the gentleman in Belgium. Generally, what happened was I saw a Dervais family catalog on eBay. I bid on it, and somebody else was bidding on it. And I'm sitting there going, why does anybody want this? <laughs> He won it, so I messaged him on eBay. I'm like, "Just I my last name's Darvays. Why are you interested in this catalog?" He, he was really nice. He sent me this lit, big, long email. He lives in the area uh, that the North, the North Street was. He says, "Though you you know that family is local celebrities. It's like we talk about it because it was world famous, and he collect he he's collected." Um, he's collected all the memorabilia to the Darvey's nursery, and I think I'm, I think I wrote back to him later. It's like, yeah, you know, if you ever decide to pass it on, you know, let me know. Um, but I have some books and in catalogs, and it's a lot of fun just to research a bit because to find the history of the famous nursery that it was. Yeah. So just to get Justin caught up, um, we were talking about which uh, which edible flowers were easy to grow. House we don't even we don't even plant some of them. We they have to sell. buy uh, pansies and flats, uh, but things like the wild ones, like the bachelor buttons, the um, 
the nasturtiums, I just said, once you once you plant those, mm -hmm. they're everywhere. Um, Clendalas come back on a regular basis. Um, what else? Sunflowers, hollyhocks. Sometimes the sunflowers. We do replant marigolds sometimes. Yeah, sometimes it's too cold to over. Oh, borage. Borage is yeah. everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. Once you sometimes. have one borage plant, you have ten. They don't like the heat, so they. Oh, borage. Borage. How people yeah. pronounce it. The other edible flowers are also. Vegetables that you let. Yeah, we talked go about the veggie fodi fodi was fun. Veggie fodi and then bean flowers. Oh right, we um, didn't get there. Bean yeah, the highest. The scarlet, scarlet, scarlet runner beans. beans. Yeah. Regular beans are edible, and then also pea shoots, pea flowers. This one right here, the not highest. Not, not, not. Okay, you have to say disclaimer again. Sweet peas are not edible, but edible garden. peas, garden peas like snow peas and snap peas. Yes, the flowers. What's the one that's the the China one? What's one called? Oh, like the purple face and the pink. That's a certain name I thought it was. We've got differently. I think it was you had the, you had the, it was, yeah, a, it was a, um, a China something? Asparagus pea? Yeah. Asparagus pea. Yeah, that was one. Some exotic one. But the, also pea shoots, pea tendrils, mm -hmm. edible flowers on there. Um, they look dynamite. Um, the bean flowers taste nutty. It's like a nut you can pop the whole thing in your mouth. I love bean flowers. I like bean flowers beans. are quite nutty, Scarlet but the thing with that is you pick the flowers, you get no beans. Mm -hmm. yes. <laughs> so it's kind of a... Well, tell us story you had peas, right? We actually grew peas to actually sell people peas. <laughs> and then at least the one restaurant says, well, do you sell the pea tendrils? And we just went, what? He's like, I'm interested in the tendrils. I'm like, you mean the st stems? He was like, yes. Yeah. So we so said, we okay. Make, we, make, we make more money. <laughs> we made more, more money, money selling, selling the, the pea tendrils than the actual peas. Pea shoots, pea tendrils. And it was kind of, it's kind of bizarre because it was, we're growing it for one reason and then they buy it for another reason. We so make the money off the pea tendrils. It was big for when it was in the good eggs and then it was also, it's big in the farm boxes. Uh, the pea, shoot, pea shoots, pea tendrils. Um, you can garnish with it. It's also an Asian it's cooking. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a lot of other ones like geraniums and roses. You would talk about roses. Yeah, talk right? about roses. How um, to get the more the the antique roses, the heirloom, the heritage ones, the scented. So, and then um, yeah, I mean we with like I said, starting with this market gardening, you learn to diversify. You learn to evolve. You learn to find, and just by hearing or just you know. Oh, walking with yeah, working, working with, with the customers. For instance, yeah. I'm looking at this list of edible flowers, and I'm looking at the sunflowers. And the first thing that pops into mind was one of the ladies who worked at one of the restaurants. She actually contacted us and said, "Would you sell me your sunflower stalks?" We're like, "Why?" She was like, "Well, because I go to the LA Zoo, and I'm personal friends with the the chimps there." Oh yeah, I remember that. And she goes, "I can't get unsprayed." Sunflowers. Mm -hmm. So she would come by every Saturday. We'd cut down these these uh, sunflowers for her and just sell huge stocks of sunflowers. So she'd, she'd buy them, and then she'd go to the LA Zoo and feed, feed her chimps. And she bought us yeah, photos of them. If you go to the florist, then you buy <laughs> conventional sunflowers. From she was like a florist. Yeah. yeah. From a florist, they are treated, they're sprayed, they're not mm -hmm. organic. So that um, just brought that memory so, back. So yeah, yeah, she just. We were cutting that um, perennial sunflowers or that mm -hmm. other one that was uh, growing like crazy. And then the multi-branch one. I still have photographs of that because I, ha I was clear about it. I oh, have she, photographs of the chimps, the chimps eating, eating the sunflowers. sunflowers. See, wow. Like I said, it just, seems just like ancient up history, these stories, stories of that. I mean, I mean, I'm sure there'll be more and more. Yeah, like this um, 
Hyacinthine, the lab lab, the lotus lab lab ruby moon. <laughs> it's got a it's got exotic exotic thing. It was one of the very very first like vines you plant along the neighbor's fence, mm-hmm. and then fast forward. 10, 15 years later, and it's growing between another neighbor's fence. It just, it comes and goes either, unfortunately, because we're limited on space, we can't just dedicate to one crop, and yeah. we can't dedicate. Much as we love the plant, if it's not making money, and can rip it out. So. Yes, and then the funny thing, like I said, it might not be making money that year, but the next year or 10 years later, it's, it a, it's a cash again. crop. So it comes around, we talk about toothache plant, talk about lab labs, talk about... And then there's also the story of dad always he loved to pack things well he didn't like flowers rolling around and getting bruised so he would sell baby roses and he was so proud of the baby roses they were all perfectly formed and he'd pack them but to keep them from rolling around the boxes he put these sprigs of greens as a base and then tuck the roses in them so you know what, what you know what the, you know what the spring no wait you know what the first mean, you know. yeah so he didn't do mint because <laughs> mint was not you, he, hardy, was, he wasn't hardy enough, so he used pretty genius. this thing called lemon balm, which nobody knew about. <laughs> it was growing like crazy. It was growing like, it's a weed out here. So Dad was like, hey, this is good. I'm going to use this lemon balm. So he used it. So he sold these boxes of roses to this kid. And I see the lady calls. He goes, I want the green, I want the green stuff, stuff that's in it. What is that? Box of roses, <laughs> she wanted and then it. we started seeing purveyors. They were like, what is this that you're selling? Then they started finding it. Uh-huh. It's a heart-shaped leaf. It's got lemon flavor. We started the lemon. Oh, I think craze. we also started the blue basil craze, too. I really Because, I mean, we didn't see it. Because we never saw no, that. No, nobody ever. ever had it before. This no. was like 20 years ago. Yeah, pre, I mean, pre-internet. Pre, people like, pre-internet. what is this? I'm like, oh, it's just African blue basil. And the next thing you know, like five years down the road, there's <laughs> some of these prevails. African blue, blue basil. We're like, But I think the story about the lemon palm was, because it was used for packed material, she they would open the fridge like a week or two later, and, and, it, and it would look absolutely Perfectly. like it was just picked. Mm-hmm. Because obviously we just picked it, but that was a week ago. So the story goes that that was the last box of roses she bought. She just bought it's lemon balm. still using it. Yes. <laughs> it's still fresh. It's still fresh. Yeah. Well, I just put it back in, wash it off. Put no, it but that's in. what you do if you. Yeah. If you pick it, pack it, and store yeah. it, for, they could last easily a week. Oh, the mints, the roses, mm-hmm. um, the lemon balm. Well, that's what made us quote um, stand out because the the customers and the clients would always say, "Your stuff in the fridge lasts forever." And they said they either pull an, pull, pulled out a box that they, that got pushed to the back or forgotten. Well they said, "You know what? It's still good." And Even it's like though three we weeks had later. we had price, see the thing is what people always have to decide is mm-hmm. you pay our price. For something that used the whole box up, and people would say, "Oh, this purveyor is cheaper." They'd get a box, and generally, and this happened with a recent client. Yeah, you can tell about that. I was working with a client. I was helping out a client, and it's just a friend who started a restaurant. And you know, I just kind of we do we do our thing, and she started a restaurant and was buying flowers from a a purveyor, even though we had edible flowers, she was buying it for someone else. And you know, it's fine. Everybody has a right to do. It was, and I remember this, it was way cheaper, cheaper, even though it was way cheaper. "Hmm, So I looked at it and I'm like, I looked at the box of flowers. I'm like, Ooh, that's kind of bad. I don't say anything And I keep going because you know, we will, well, well, we have clients that buy flowers and they're a lot more cheaper. You know, I get it. 
And so I'm going about my business, I think a couple months into the business. She was like, do you have extra flowers? I was like, yeah, we always have extra flowers. She's like, can we buy them from you? Because even though we pay the cheaper price for these flowers, we end up throwing away three quarters of the box. Mm-hmm. I'd rather buy your flowers and know, and they last. They have actually no, no, also the other thing was Zero waste on our edible flowers, zero. But I thought the other one thing they had was loaded with aphids. And they were. Mm-hmm. And they were loaded with aphids, and they would fall apart and disintegrate. They, they do we give out our trade secret mm. on how to get it? No, don't. No. Well, we'll do a video on that one day. But it was funny because the flowers, I, I always enjoy this because I, the friends. We didn't get I, paid enough to do yeah. that. Yeah. When we, <laughs> the flowers, it's always fun. Yeah, we uh-huh. have, this probably happened to you because Annie walks there sometimes. The flowers last so long that you can't really reuse the flowers no, because of touch food. Yeah. So I walk in the back and there's these, there's a young chef and like two young dishwashers and they often have like roses tucked behind their ears or in their hats because they come back on the plate sometimes and they're like the guys are like they can't throw away these, these big tough guys can't throw away the flowers so i'll like see them put them in their hair well it's like i mean it's like a garnish of parsley yeah. not many people you don't actually it, yeah. eat it but it's edible so mm-hmm. when you have a rose obviously people aren't gonna most people aren't gonna mm-hmm. But it's fun Stem seeing the guys all, wearing flowers in their hats, so their hair, so they have them in their coat, chef coat jackets. Yeah. Another one story was that here, I think it was Anais that delivered some flowers things. He said you spritz them. Yes. Oh yeah. We, 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 yeah. There's our there's our terminology again. We, we spritz them. If people some. have been following these podcasts, they'll they'll know that we make up words. And the guy said what? And he said you spritz them. You can actually Google it, and it's an actual word. There's a word. Oh, word. so hallelujah, I've been vindicated. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he was horrified. He's like, there's no You do what? You spritz them. It's in the urban You spritz them. It's like, you spray them with water. It's spritz. 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 We heard from one of our homeschool language. We heard from one of our clients, and she moved up north, and I heard from her recently. She was trying to get some of the grove edible flowers for her. She's like, because I miss your flowers. And this was like 10 years later. She moved away, and she's like, your flowers are always the best. I can't find them. <laughs> no, I know. So, she would buy every week. She would buy every week, and she was trying to get some of the grove. Mm-hmm. We were supposed to give her trade secrets. No, we had a university group that bought her stuff. University for club. Yeah. So yeah, we and still we do. still hear from people like, like I heard from Sid. Oh wow! Like the yeah. guy who knew Sid, mm-hmm. he showed up here, and I had to pick something really from very fast. He goes, he "Yeah, heard about us from Sid, from Sid who was up mm-hmm. north, wow. and he contacted Sid, <laughs> and he's like, I'm looking for this.' He's like, call the Darius <laughs> family. Okay, <laughs> and I'm like, all right, I'll Sid. I haven't seen him in like 15 years, but yeah. all right. No, yeah. I know. So I think most and people here in. Um, in, in Los Angeles, Hollywood, you know, our flowers have gone to, um, been, you know, used in Oscar parties to, to movie star birthdays, most recently, um, Selma Hayek's, um, 50th. So, like I said, we unfortunately don't get to see the end product, but sometimes we, we, to <laughs> we get to see sometimes their Instagram <laughs> postings. Yes. So. But the, the, <laughs> there are edible flowers and the maddening part about it is sometimes they, over the past 20 years of selling flowers, mm-hmm. you could see some years they are practically, you couldn't give them away. I know. Yeah. You couldn't give them away. And then, boom, past, they're all back on past the, the two or three years, it's like the hipster trend. The hipster crowd comes in, they call you up. One lady comes out from, I think it was Santa Monica, to buy a dozen flowers. Mm-hmm. It's like, I mean, that's an hour drive to buy a dozen flowers. Mm-hmm. And then the, the other ones, we got into exotic ones like fuchsias. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. The fuchsias that oh, the lady I would float in the drinks and it had that like beautiful. Mm-hmm. It like a, 
like a firework mm-hmm. firecracker in there in there floating in it and it was just like a fat and she just ran with it and she would order hundreds and mm-hmm. hundreds of them and then the jasmines or some edible jasmines or some not edible jasmines but the jasmine craze yeah. went through that mm-hmm. one and we have even and we have a couple of customers they only come out a couple times a year and guess what that's for their tortoises love flowers and we have two clients who Bye. come and buy little bags of edible flowers when their tortoises are out of hibernation for the summer and we'll see them a couple times, and then they'll the tortoises will go by hibernation, and then we won't go back. They won't want to see them until next year. So yeah, we have two clients that come and get their own flowers for the tortoises. I love that. I love that because we used to have one that I would yeah. eat. So well, we Annie's and I have thought about doing a class on edible flowers as to about every because you can't fit all the nuances of the flowers. You can't really you know you need a taste test. You have to actually taste it. You actually have to show how these flowers are, are packed or even, you know, eaten or what to do with them. So we thought about doing a class. Um, maybe we'll actually do that since we do love flowers. I mean, growing I mean, up, uh, other ones like the, the language of flowers was always beautiful to me. Just and we talked about uh, other things like, like lavender's edible flowers was very hard to eat. Lavender. So mm-hmm. yeah. So it's more of like the a baking, garnish. Yeah. And then I think you made lavender, lavender cookies, yeah. the essence of lavender. But the edible flowers, lavender is an edible flower, however, it's very hard to eat. Uh, thing. But yeah, we, I, sell, we would sell thousands, thousands of flowers. I think that one year we sold like, or one time she bought like 2,000, the bartender? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, 2,000. 2,000 lavender mm-hmm. stems mm-hmm. and yeah, one, one picking. It was like a huge mm-hmm. box, bucket, mm-hmm. huge bucket of flowers. Yeah, and another thing is, like I said, you can go in-depth, like I said, not only are they they're easy to grow, fun to grow, they're beautiful, they're edible, and they're, they're beneficial, and some are medicinal, they also have their own language. So flowers have their own language. Back in Victorian times, they their flowers would... Um, they would send messages via yeah, flowers. Queen Victoria. And yeah, why don't you talk that, a little bit about that? Well, actually, it's interesting, because I've always... Been a little bit fascinated with the story of Queen Victoria, and now she's like the it thing now. Just <laughs> Queen Victoria, everything. Not only the BBC series, but Victorian Abdul. It's like everywhere I look, it's like the Victoria Victoria. And but it's I think it was like gemstones, and they have yeah. flowers yeah. for like weddings. So, yeah. So what's the was what's the history from that? Well, they said it began in uh, France in 1810 to 1850, while Britain became popular during the Victorian age, which was 1820 to 1888. And then in the United States, it was 1830-1850. So I think there's a book, Language of Flowers, is Mm -hmm. that correct? Yeah. Yeah, so Shakespeare, Jane Austen, she spoke about it in her books. Uh, The Bronx Sisters and Frances Hoxton Burnett, one of my favorite authors. She talked about the language of flowers in her writings, Secret Gardens, Mm -hmm. a beautiful book. Um, So, you know, publishers in the countries of Belgium, Germany, France, England, America produce hundreds of editions of Language of Flowers book. So, you know, the flowers had a language of their own. Um, Every sentiment is expressed in one form or another by these fragile blooms. And one leading psychologist stated that flowers are a perfect replica of human life. So the the Victorian era is ushering in this time of etiquette among the upper (laughs) class in England during Queen Victoria's reign. You know, she actually influenced a lot of society, the white wedding dress and all that. Among the many rules and customs, there were expected behaviors that prohibited these outright, you know, scandalous vocations. <laughs> so the use of flowers was used to convey messages. 
But it actually, I think, uh, I did the and I, well, it actually came from Persia and the Middle East, I think, uh, because, you know, the, English, the British Empire was spread through mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. um, that's why it went to England, yeah. and that, it was very popular. So, like, Bachelor Button was, like, being blessed. Dandelion was faithfulness. Lavender was grace and serenity. Geranium was stupidity. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know who you give that to. <laughs> Marigold, Marigold was the language of cruelty, grief, and jealousy. Um, yeah, so. Nasturtium was conquest and victory in battle. And pansy was like loving thoughts. So the pansy flower was often used in the Victorian era for courting. So a gentleman would give a woman a, a pansy flower. Because any dis public display of love or passion was frowned upon. So to com communicate to each other, they would use flowers. So. Um, pansy, I, I do, pansy is one of my favorite flowers, mm -hmm. I think, because they always make me happy when yeah, I see them. Yeah, they have just a happy face. But it's also used in Auburn Chinese medicine, so all parts of the plant is edible. That's another plant besides nasturtium. Mm -hmm. The pansy, you can actually chop it up and eat if you want. It's a good source of nutrients. Pansy has been found to break down tumors and prevent them from turning cankerous. Um, pansies were also used in ancient Athens to take the heat out of an angry heart. Um, it has sedative qualities. Mm -hmm. um, they use it to, in Rome, Roman they had used it to ease headaches and accompany dizziness. Um, see, one of the active ingredients in pansies is salic acid. Mm -hmm. And the same modern main ingredient mm -hmm. in what? Salic acid. It's aspirin. Yeah, aspirin. So aspirin. Yeah. So like I said, how cool are edible flowers? I, that's what I say. And we so, didn't even touch all the ones. Again, we got hibiscus. Yeah, hibiscus. Hibiscus. The whole thing. I dude, hibiscus, hibiscus tea. We mm -hmm. had. We had. We went through a phase there. Roselle. We had Rose, the other one. This most recently was Roselle, mm -hmm. but we had the hibiscus. We had all these different kinds. Yeah, of people hibiscus. would slow them in punch bowls. And then Roselle was from Gabriel. Mm -hmm. He brought. We used to grow them, but we couldn't overwinter them for some reason. Mm -hmm. But the Roselle ones that have like a Joker kind of, and then you made jam out of it. It's oh, like right. it was not the. It was not necessarily the flowers. More like the bud. Yeah, the bud. Or the seed pod. Mm -hmm. Well, because it's a red. It's a very bright red plant, so mm -hmm. it's beautiful anyway. Yeah, and the, and I think you made jam or a drink. Mm -hmm. and it, was it makes a great drink. Oh, and it's it makes high a vitamin C. Dang awesome wine. It, it's it's high vitamin C. Too. I think it's it is it the stuff that they um probably right Ribena. I think yeah. there's a popular drink in England, yeah, Ribena, I and I think it originally was Roselle's. Oh, now did it's you not. Nasturtium wine. Or what? Yeah, yeah, I said went through the wine. I said cleanse nasturtium roses pop. But what'd you do with the Roselle then? Um, you the, sold them all. <laughs> yeah, but somebody bought them all. Yeah, uh, was the bartender. The bartender. Javier bought a bunch of them. And he the made dang good wine out of it. I gave him the recipe and I didn't have. Any yeah, so like I said, even over. today, today I got a call. Guess what? Person from Texas. Do you guys sell dried um, marigold flowers? You know, so you can even dry them. So you can dry them and it makes take them. Take a boatload of flowers <laughs> to make it. The other day I was on Etsy because I was looking at oh. different stuff and it was like. Dried oh, flower petals. Oh, in for your little canning jar. In your little canning jar to sprinkle over your over your was salad. Twenty bucks. Yeah, it was like twenty bucks. I'm like, wow, <laughs> we're in the wrong business. I need a bunch of kids to go and pick flowers and dry them. Because see, we used to be the kids. Yeah. That you know, the flower business was awesome as a kid. I did amazing. It wasn't backbreaking labor. It wasn't. You just go around skipping pink flowers. Skipping pink flowers. <laughs> I don't know about that. But. <laughs> Hey, I'm romanticizing it. What are you talking about? What? But I'm romanticizing. Yeah, I've often like you know every time like some kids want to volunteer, I'm like, do you want to 
Do you want to pick flowers? Yes. Is that picking through, through, through the tulips? Is that jumping? What's that? Tipping tiptoes. Tiptoeing through the tulips. I think somebody said that. Is that something you do all day? Yeah. Well, honestly, but it is good. Like, kids do enjoy that. Like, when we have volunteers, I teach them how to pick flowers mm -hmm. and do the ups because that is fun mm -hmm. in a way. And there's some, there, yeah, it's some, it's kind of fun in a way. So I do need some kids come pick some flowers and dry them, and we can put them on Etsy as well. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're all over the place. We throw them in the compost pile. <laughs> well, sometimes you don't get around to pick them. I know. Because there's we so many nasturtiums. There's too many. No, the nasturtiums, like, I mean, Brazilian flowers, mm -hmm. like that's a number. But I think the, if you could find a way to preserve or dry them. Yeah, dry them. You um, can, and they preserve well. Yeah. And they can retain their color. And I think the one issue we had, I think most recently we brought up that client that was buying flowers, and I s remember seeing the price list, and the prices we were selling edible flowers in 1997 <laughs> were $8 a box. 20 years ago, it was $8 a box. Jordy for shows, 50 flowers, For right? 50 count. So Jordy shows me the price list 20 years later, and guess what it was? $8 a box. We're just like, that's It was right. like, that's not even, I mean, inflation. No, still Water costs, drought. No. And it was $8 a box. I said, nope, can't go there. Mm -hmm. So our, our yeah, prices are a little higher, but prices but more expensive. But, but you get what you pay for. But the point was, 20 years later, <laughs> it's the same price. <laughs> yeah. uh, no. Inflation, no. Water, Everything drought. else is going up. Yeah. Some edible flowers. Yeah, so that was, it was flowers. like, are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. 20 years later and the same $8 box of flowers. So. Yeah, so I mean, we can't even fit everything in here. We don't even talk about our favorite books, but maybe one day we'll get back to blogging and, and putting that out there. I think the I did blog about edible flowers a couple mm -hmm. times, so if you want to go on the blog and type in edible flowers, you'll probably see some blog posts. Because like I said, 15 years of blogging, I forget well, we what have to talk about. Well, we talk about our story, how we got into it, and then the class, and we can actually get... Yeah, I did want to so do so much amazing things class Because class you are honestly, I remember... Goat cheese and nasturtium uh, flowers. Yes, I did that. We don't even talk about squash flowers. No. But. Oh, oh, oh we didn't yeah. even do the herb butter. Yeah, with, with the flowers, flowers in it, because secundulus can be aka saffron, or poor poor person's saffron. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's a lot. Like I said, Google herb. We're just like sitting here, like, oh, I remember that. I don't remember. Yeah. That. I mean, you're talking about twenty years of <laughs> of stories, of, and, tips uh, and tricks that yeah. the people would. Um, I said it was. For somebody that's new, mm -hmm. it's like wow. For us, it's like oh, old fashioned. And I will say this: I still like, get excited over this. I jokingly, jokingly shut down Justin there. He's like, "Should we give him the tip of how we remove <laughs> bugs?" Just so as we end this here, because I think we're to the end. Very painstakingly by Q-tip. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, but the tarn. Go behind the pedals. I can do it again. It's like how to clean a pansy. Yeah, how to clean a pansy to make by it aphid, aphid free. And you have to get the Q-tip damp because it won't work dry. Yeah. <laughs> there you have it folks you heard it here first q-tips Q and pansies yeah. and, but there's a technique yes. there is a technique and you have to check down the throat <laughs> oh no because like I said we don't spray so ants we did yeah, every single flower it was checked by hand and cleaned with a q-tip well it was for it was the end of the season like the, toward the heat when mm -hmm. the summer were coming mm -hmm. in and the aphids were exposed the mm -hmm. same thing with nasturtiums too mm -hmm. it's like yeah, for nothing. Fine, 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 fine. Boom. Yeah. And then the, the nasturtiums have this long throat, and you learn to actually pinch the throat and send up whatever spider was hiding in there. Earwig. Yeah, earwig spider. So you pinch it, and you have to flick them out with the Q-tip, and then go around. 
And not crush the, the nasturtium, because they're kind of, the nasturtiums can be delicate. Yeah. So that's all we have time for today. We can remember the Q-tip. Yes, we go on. Like I said, we love edible flowers and hope maybe inspire you to grow some edible flowers in your yard. And um, yeah, so if you, this is, you know, we're trying to be, you know, the podcast more specific. So if you have something that you say, hey, guys, you should talk about this. Let us know. Give us an email. Shoot us an email or Again, we don't know what's all in our heads. I know. Surprises. So until until next time, thanks for tuning in. Let's go down to the urban homestead, Pasadena by the freeway. Right down there on the urban homestead, Jules and his family are working away. Come on down to the farm in the city, back to the future, back to the plan. Right down there on the urban homestead, loving the life back into the land. Oh, oh, help the garden grow, singing. Oh, oh, we've got to help the garden grow. The Urban Homestead theme song was written and recorded by Tom Fair. Thanks, Tom. Come to the end of this show. Thank you so much for joining us. Be sure to tune in again. Until next time, this is Annie, Justin, Jordan. Keep, Keep on growing. Oh, oh, oh. Help the garden grow. Singing. Oh, oh, oh. We've got to help the garden grow. Oh, oh, oh. Help the garden grow. Singing. Oh, oh, oh. We've got to help the garden grow. folks remember to follow us on our website urbanhomestead.org also on facebook twitter instagram and youtube we love to hear your feedback and if you'd like to become a podcast patron go to urbanhomestead.org forward slash podcast